On a chilly Tuesday morning in 2015, we find a messy apartment, not so nosy neighbors, and a struggling single mom of four who always seems to have a full fridge. Michelle, what did you do? Episode one of What Did You Do? Ah, finally, finally. <laughs> I am one of your hosts, Charnel. You may or may not know me from my other podcast. What about your friends? And I am D. I am on Unspoken Citizen Podcast. That's where you could find me. But now I'm here on What Did You Do? I know. I'm so excited to finally do this. This has been in the works for like what a month and a half, two months. Right. We're we gonna... live busy lives. Yes, we are busy people. We're famous, and it's fine. But we're here. <laughs> we're that's, here. A re- that's a reach. <laughs> for who? For famous. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> let Please. me live my dreams. I'm trying to be infamous. We're trying to. No, not dun, like dun, dun. I was just saying, like these murderers, just like these murderers. I hope if I, I mean, in other ways, wouldn't that be a twist? Plot twist: one of us is a murderer. Oh, <laughs> now I gotta kill you. You talk too much. <laughs> Don't open any of the seven closets in my apartment, please. There's literally seven. <laughs> if you guys, you guys can't see me, but I just started to look around. She started to count and fear for my life. Either way, we're here to discuss Michelle Blair, uh, probably one of the worst moms I have ever heard of, and I've met a lot of terrible moms. Right. I mean, Mommy Dearest probably was like sugar and spice compared to Michelle. I, I would yeah, agree. Yeah, I, I would take a Mommy Dearest wire hanger thing all I would. T- oh, I'd take a wire hanger before I took death. So that would be... Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but she's wild. We're going to get into that. Do you want to hop on into this? Let's, let's do this. Let's talk about Michelle. Let's talk about Mother of the Year. Let's talk about the Detroit Mother of the Year. It's yes. very cold in does the any, D. Does apparently. anything happen good in the D? Eminem? 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 Eminem. Oh, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Eminem, Eminem and My Girl to Kenya are the only two things that came out of Detroit that I really appreciate. Uh, Ford Motor Company, I don't drive a Ford, so right, it doesn't matter. Right. The you whole know? car thing in Detroit is not a big thing anymore. Anyways. No, it is not, unfortunately. Yeah. And that's a whole other socioeconomic, political conversation to have but on But you your know what's show. big? What's big? Mitchell. Murder. Murder. Yes. M's, the two big M's, not Eminem. Oh, <laughs> full circle. Let's get into this because we are <laughs> off track. <laughs> so let's get into this story. So at approximately 11 a.m. on March 24, 2015, a Wayne County Sheriff Department bailiff and property manager arrived at the home of Michelle Blair, located at the Martin Luther King Apartments in downtown Detroit, Michigan, to enforce a court-ordered eviction. You guys, I'll just <laughs> talk about Martin Luther King Real and that quick. name. <laughs> Let's talk about how don't go down Martin Luther King Boulevards ever. Never. If your house says Martin Luther King Complex, if you're <laughs> holding a Martin Luther King book in your hands, these are signs. These are these are the signs in the book, like precursor. Don't don't do that. And I'm pretty sure Martin Luther King is pretty pissed at us. I'm pretty sure he's turning over in his grave. I. Nah. That's what it is. That's why his name is haunted. The first time I saw Martin Luther King anything, it was a park here in my town and i walked through it it was riddled with needles and i'm pretty sure if i kicked over a few wood chips i would have found a body this, but this wasn't his dream it <laughs> was not his dream business. it is not night terror 
Yeah, this, <laughs> so, this isn't Martin's dream. Mm-mm. So basically, folks, let's do better. That's all I'm right, saying. right. Back to it. So upon finding no one home, they entered the apartment and further inspection, they discovered large plastic bags stacked in the deep freezer. In those bags, they discovered the bodies of a 13-year-old girl and the body of a 9-year-old boy stacked with the younger boy on the bottom. If you guys didn't realize, that's not where uh, kids are supposed to be. No, your kids should actually be alive and thriving. Be better. That's not like, where this, but this shouldn't be the this shouldn't be the base for parenting. So don't listen to D <laughs> at all, please. So at the time, at the time the bodies were found, yeah, Jesus, <laughs> Michelle was in another apartment in the complex, babysitting an infant, probably the last person, but we'll get there. And Sherry Lanier retrieved said baby and brought it to its grandmother and found the officer who was inspecting Michelle's apartment and kind of overseeing this eviction and informed him of Blair's location. And later, Blair was arrested and detained for further questioning. You know, when they're doing evictions, you're not at your apartment. You are. Yeah. Mostly. So, because mostly they don't tell you when you show up. They kind of just knock on the door and say, listen, you've been ducking and dying and it's time to get your shit and get the hell out. Like, that's usually how it works. They never... Yeah. Like, most people usually have an idea of when they're coming, because most landlords try to be gracious about it. Like, look, you haven't paid. We're going to be here on this day. Make sure you're out. And that's why I think she had called that friend and said, hey, I'm getting evicted. I don't want my kids to see that. I'm like, it's so funny that you give a damn about these kids seeing eviction, but don't care about I mean, let's not drop to a conclusion. I, Maybe she's innocent. Oh! <laughs> so... <laughs> Later on the next day, Detroit Police Chief James Craig holds a press conference informing the public of the horrific discovery made the day prior and that this was an active homicide investigation and that the medical examiner will be performing autopsies as soon as they receive the bodies. He therefore would not be taking any questions or sharing details at this time, but asked the public to be mindful of the surviving children and allowing them privacy. It sounds very much like the Catholic Church. That's all I'm saying. We're not answering any questions well, or giving you any details Yeah, Amen. at this point in time, but feel free to think about us and keep people in your thoughts and prayers. Right. Right. But it would take a full three days for the bodies of the children to thaw out before autopsies could be completed. So let's talk about Michelle for a little bit because she's a little bit of a hot mess. Um, um, after what we just found out, yes. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I mean, clearly. So she wasn't Mother of the Year to begin with. Back in 2002, social workers had began investigating because they found bruises on her uh, children. Um, both of the girls were examined with bruises on their bodies. So they, that was the first time they looked into um, Michelle, but nothing came out of it. They went, The girls went back to her. Nothing came out of that first So I, I would say they looked at, looked around, looked, looked at, near Michelle without looking into Michelle. If you look into the apartment already, that's a problem. I know people <sighs> that have like messy houses and they were like, hounded by DCF, so I don't understand Absolutely. how, because back and again, in 2005, <laughs> they were back again, because the girls had bruises and burns on their bodies now. <sighs> so, like, clearly, the ball was dropped several times, but we'll go into that a little bit I mean, bit as, just more. as, so, like, the two of us as social workers, yeah. though, like, this is, ang- this is so frustrating. Right, like, like no one read each other's notes, because this is twice. This right, is Where, twice. did they burn the folders? Like, Detroit, <laughs> what are you doing? So, uh, maybe, apparently, this was happening in school, because Michelle decided uh, in 2000, I think around 2012, 2011, I want to say 2011, she pulled them out of school. 
and says she was homeschooling them. And, you know, there is controversy now with homeschooling because there are kids that are showing up abused, dead, a few of them lately because, yeah, yeah, of homeschooling. So, mother of the year. It's a way that people don't realize that homeschooling is a very clever, not really clever, but it's a slicker way to hide your kids from people who are mandated reporters who are going to tell on you or say, you know, hey, Mr. Brian so-and-so today came in with scars and bruises on his back. This is not okay. We're calling the police. Right. And so this was the case of the kids. And many people, multiple people saw the bruises. I think which one visited the father and the grandmother and they saw bruises? Oh, I don't know which one this one was. One of them. We saw the. I saw the video. I was watching hours of video about oh, this. as we both were. I was pun hours about Mitchell and... You know, I saw the one of the grandmothers and the fathers. There's two baby daddies. She basically had two girls by one guy and then two boys, two boys by, by the another. Other. The, Stephen Barry was the father of the boys. Yeah, and, and it was Alexander Dorsey. That's his name. That was a uh, father for the two girls. Now, uh, these guys were the best guys. But like I've been saying throughout this whole case, she found guys to have kids. And here I am, single. <laughs> And she had a good four kids. Way to make this about you, i I'm just saying. <laughs> and apparently you have to be crazy to have the good best pussy because Oh, God. Oh, okay. <laughs> so we, we went there. I would know nothing about this. Sure, I wouldn't know, but I should know. And apparently you have to be crazy because she had four kids, two baby daddies, and nobody was there for the kids. Nobody. Even grandparents. Grandparents, right. Like, we're going to get into this later on the show about how... For whatever reason, black folks have this thing about minding their own business, even when things are terrible. Right. I mean, there's got to be a point where we say we've got to step in and stand in the gap for babies. These are babies. Right. <sighs> so let's talk about the kids. We're not going to name the, the all the kids, but she has an eldest around the time she was 19 or 17. Around he was, she, she was 17 at the time. 17 yeah. at the time. Um, 15 at the time of the first murder. Right, right. And then there was Stony Blair, which was one of the deceased uh, daughters. She was the youngest daughter. There is Stephen Barry, who was the deceased boy. She, he Nine. was the eldest boy. Yeah. yeah. And the last uh, son, we're not going to speak about him. but well, We're well, going to talk about him, or we're not just going to mention I mean, his name? A lot, it's very much centered around Round him, him, too. Right. But just to give you a picture, she was mom of all these four kids. Uh, she had custody of them all. The dads were, you know... You know, I believe it was uh, Stephen Barry that was in and out of jail. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, he wasn't One of them there. owed like $11,000 in bad child support. Right, like, right. They weren't, they weren't the best dads of the year, but I'm in no way, shape, or form, like, absolving anyone of blame or guilt here. Like, right. everyone had a hand in it. Like, right. whether it was you actually doing the abuse or committing the, pro- the crimes or you just omitting you know, caring for these kids and just choosing, neglecting these kids. So, Well, this goes back to what I say to men all the time about the people that they choose for their mothers and the kids that they have. I mean, it's not all about having sex and having fun. You have to be careful with who you involve yourself with. This is true. And these men, I mean, 
clearly they weren't making great life choices anyways, but... <laughs> like I don't Steven, understand how this Steven, turned into a read. <laughs> it is, because all of these people need to be read. No, they all... all they, all, they, of them, all of I them. I feel like, see, this is my thing. We had a conversation off mic about what's right, what's just, and what's legal. They're not always the same thing. But I don't think that any of these fathers should have gotten off scot-free. Any of these grandmothers shouldn't have gotten off scot-free. Like, no. there was so much... Ne- this is all neglect. And they throw men in jail for not paying back child support. So if a kid ends up dying behind their lack of concern, is th- are they not an accessory? Right. Well, crime-wise, no. Right. Go ahead. I'm sorry. So <laughs> No, it's okay. So at the time of death, uh, Stoney was 13 and Stephen was... Um, nine. I don't know if you want to let's start off with Steven and talk about Yeah, let's about... start off with Steven. So, I also want to preface this, guys. Right. This this case is strongly it's graphic. Right. And these, if you have a if you have a sensitivity or you're not okay with violence towards children, this first episode may not be for you. I do and I'm going to have wine after this. So. And that's okay. Coping Self-care skills. is important. <laughs> right. And self-care is sexy. So, <laughs> so here But it's one, of, it's one of those episodes where yeah. if you can't, if it's something you can't handle you could skip ahead to the, the end or you could wait for episode two. Right. Like, um, what this woman does to her kids is seriously awful and graphic. So. It's terrible. It's diabolical. It's despicable. All the, all the it's, oh. Yeah. Like it's it angers me to a point because I I love ki- like kids are so precious and they don't ask to be here and they're so pure mm-hmm. and there are kids who are who can be problems and have some issues that need to be worked out but right. no kid I don't think I don't know what to say deserves death no kid deserves to be tortured brutalized in the way that these kids what work. she did to these kids adults don't deserve like. There's right. no adult that deserves it. So let's go into Steven. Let's go into Steven. So a little narrative behind Steven. So we'll start off at the beginning. Right. So upon arrival home one day, uh, Michelle was prompted by her eldest daughter to some unusual behavior being exhibited from her youngest son. You know, basically a mom, come see what so-and-so is doing, you know. So entering the room, she sees that the young boy is using dolls to simulate sex and out of curiosity, as most moms kind of would, but I like, there are better ways to handle it. Right. I mean, we, I've done it. We, I, I mean, we. I think a I lot of people we, have. Me and Barbie and Ken, they, they did stuff. Like, kids are sexualized at young ages now, or at least aware of sexuality yeah. at younger ages, especially with the invent of the internet and, right. you know, unsuspecting or unconcerned parents not checking what their kids are looking into. But that's a 2000... 17 problem as it was in 2015 2013 2011 2012 right um so she asked had anyone done this to him and at first he denied it and once again after he was asked he said yes steven the deceased young boy had done it so michelle would go on to confront steven and this is this is the part where it, it kind of screwed me up because this is it was really reminiscent of like police accounts of unarmed shootings where they make up they make the 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 victim of the shooting to be this monster or otherworldly superhumanly strong person. Right. So she confronts Stephen. She says, "Did you do this to your brother?" And he stands up. She says, and "I quote: He stood up and stared at me like he done lost his mind." And I asked him again, and he confessed that yes, but that's all. You know, I wonder, like, as we're talking about it, which I didn't think about, like, when I was researching, maybe he meant wrestling. Like, there's so, <laughs> there's so many other things. And, like, and this is such a strange case because 
we're taught, again, as social workers, as DC human beings, that when victims say they've been sexually assaulted or sexually harassed or violated in any kind of way, especially when it comes to young kids, babies, you want to believe them. And plus, but this is not, this is all, technically it's hearsay. Like it's all right. something he said, she said, and this is what they, this is just what, most of, also to give clarification, this is, most of this stuff came from the mouth of Michelle Blair. Right. Because... <laughs> She was more, again, more than willing to share her recollection of these events. Yes, and wanted people to believe them. But even so, say partially this is partially true, more questioning definitely had to be done by Michelle before right. she led into conclusions. But uh, we know. And there are ways to handle right. things like this. I mean, I understand it's a very visceral response to be protective of your kid. Right. But there are, again, there are ways and there are options and there are steps like police. <laughs> uh, yeah. Right, like police. You call the authorities but we'll get into that right so she goes on she asks did you do this with your underwear off and steven replies no but the younger brother interjects and says yeah he did in fact do it with his underwear off and so michelle uses very colorful language that i don't have to repeat so i won't repeat no right (laughs) um and so she goes for it. She says she admits to punching him repeatedly while questioning him, questioning him about the acts that were done to his younger brother. And while doing this, his younger brother would continue to list more and more things. And then, therefore, Michelle would inflict more and more punishment on Stephen. Right. Again, age nine. Yeah. So Stephen got punched several times. He had a drink. Um, Windex. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of the things. And that's another thing. So while, while listening to these court proceedings... And because a lot of, there wasn't a lot of articles no. about this. A lot of the articles gave you had to listen to the court proceedings, right. you had to listen there to the custody hearings, articles. right? Because of the graphic nature of the crimes, right? Um, but listening to these, Michelle always tried to justify why she did what she did, and we're gonna go down a list again. You guys, if you're sensitive to this, don't listen. Um, but we're going down a list of things that she did to him, and one of those things was drink Windex, because right. she claims that the younger sibling said that Stephen made him drink Windex. Because she, he had a stomach bug months back, and he was vomiting and had diarrhea at the same time. But the effects of Windex don't do that. No. It's burning in your throat, burning in your mouth. It's extreme abdominal cramps. It's like they're, vomiting is part of it. Right. But it doesn't give the same signs as a stomach bug. So for me, like... I, we'll I just go can't. into Michelle too because there's right. a lot going on. With she that has woman. a lot of backstory. She, she has... is just she was in the makings to do this, to be honest, and right. she needed the help. There, and... there was definitely some things stacking up to push her over this ledge or to build her up to this point. Right. All right. Um. Let's see. She claimed that the younger brother said that Stephen would force his face into plastic sheets while he was raping the young boy, and then would proceed to urinate. And ejaculate in the young boy's eyes and and mouth, bed and yeah, bed. right. Uh, so, in response to this, she would wrap a plastic grocery bag around Stephen's head until he lost consciousness and ask him if he liked how it felt when it was done to him. She would also tie a belt around his neck until he lost consciousness. She would pull and lift him up like the inst- like the the extreme violence. This is abnormal. Like this is past like rage. Like I can't. This is it's so hard because. I want, again, I want to believe the victim, and but the victim is telling their mom, and their mom is not mentally well. So I can't tell if Michelle is she has a history of abuse. So is she abusing these kids, and it went wrong? It could, and then she ended up killing a kid, and now she needs a way out. 
or something to justify it so she can feel better about it or just, just from my experience i've been in the i didn't talk about my background i just love true crime but you know <laughs> i've been like working with mental health for 11 years uh that makes me think about my age it's but right, you know right. looking at it and you know researching it it definitely is like she almost went into like a ptsd like flashback of her own abuses while right. dealing with these children and that would explain the violence but then again that's if the story it's is true, true. And that's and because of the age of the alleged victim, there is a lot of details that were left out. Right, right. Um, and a lot of details that weren't looked into. But from what I could find, and I looked extensively, same through like article after article, same like PDF after PDF, looking for something. But from what I can find, they found no evidence of sexual violence or abuse on the young boy. The only signs of vi- or violence or abuse they found were at the hands of Michelle. If this is even remotely true, if this is not an entirely made-up story... Fabrication. Then I still go with... She took little things that were basically normal things, like, you know, um, the youngest one having accidents in his bed. Right. And then put it on the son peeing on him. Yeah. Like, she just took things and twisted them around to fit the narrative and justify what she's doing to Steven. Right. Yeah. It's, God. It's crazy. I mean, it's so funny because, like, we came in, we chose this case, and I came in, I was like, so this one is a doozy for our first show. It is. (laughs) Because I think everyone's so used to the the serial killer aspect. Everyone wants, like, the mass murder, the mass spree shooter. Right. And this is, like, intense, violent crime that kind of flew, like, a flash in the pan. flew under the radar. It was Mm -hmm. in everyone's news cycle for, like, two weeks, maybe. Mm -hmm. And then came back up when she got sentenced. And there's so much as far as, like, mental what's going on like mental health wise like there's so much to be discussed there's a lot of aspects of this crime that just makes it so complicated and i'm surprised it didn't get more notoriety because usually kids i mean we my faves at last podcast on the left talk about it all the time like who's less dead right um and these are little black kids in detroit Right. So, unfortunately, a lot of people see little black kids in Detroit die, and they're like, well, that's just Detroit. It's cold in the D. Or if it happens in Chicago, well, that's just how things get down in Chicago. But if it was two little white kids in Somers, Connecticut, it'd be like, this is terrible. These parents need to be hung from trees, and they need to feel the, you know, it's, there's outrage, usually. Um, But it doesn't get better. From here, so no, no. So hold on to your your (laughs) ears, your pants, and everything that you could hold on to. And like, and mind you, this is only one kid. Yeah, we haven't we haven't touched on the other other kid. So So. she would force she would force Stephen to stand in the bathtub, and she would throw scalding hot water on him. She literally said, "I don't know if this is too graphic, but I mean, it's what did you do? We're already here. Yeah, we're here." She literally said, like, the skin fell off. Right, like, quote, like, threw on his genitals until the skin started to fall off. Like, I, like... A nine-year-old boy, like, this woman... The amount of detachment you have to do to, like, do that to your kid. Right. It's just... And the dissonance, the fact that you think you're doing someone justice for them being violent and you being even, like, there's a, there is a, there's a certain perversion in... I don't know, vi- violation 
you know, to sexual assault. There is, there's something that you can't shake and it's all, it's something you can't equate to something else. It feels like you're being robbed of your body, robbed of your control. Mm -hmm. But for you to think you can match that by mm -hmm. with this like level of brutality is insane to me. Right. And that she really thought this was going to bring some kind of closure, but this is more. This she is, still thinks this is closure. Right. What and, are you talking about? All the corporate, in the sentencing, she was like, I need to bring my son closure. I'm like, you're traumatizing thinks, everyone in that house. Yeah, she thinks she's completely justified because of a supposed, like, you know, abuse that happened that didn't happen. It's insane. Yeah. And after all these things, from the beatings to the Windex to the choking to the scalding hot water causing his skin to fall off, she says that she had told herself to back off a bit. Like, this, she says this in court, and this... I'm. Kudos to this judge who could sit behind this bench and deal because she I kept her. Like, she kept her cool. She, she was she like was her composure. This white lady was like, <laughs> <laughs> I understand. Go ahead. Yes. Continue. No, yes. no. We're just trying no, to get a clear record. I'm not trying to say you did anything. Just trying to get some clarification. I was like, yo. But like, so I felt much. like she literally is like, oh, you're crazy. She was <laughs> like, if I could jump over this bench. <laughs> and like drop kick the shit out because you know my least favorite thing about michelle obviously aside from all the fucking terrible things she did was that she would always i hate when people say this they say you know what i mean or you know what i'm saying like i don't i don't know what you're saying she's like because he did that you know what i'm saying no no because my brain doesn't work like that like my brain doesn't say i need to throw hot water on my chip like this doesn't work like that so i was so mad well well this is what we talk about with michelle it's hard because she's clearly crazy she's clearly unwell and you want you I want to call her crazy i feel like that's insensitive but yeah, like, that's, that's, to that's, people who are struggling fine. with mental illness and not killing children like mm. but it's in like she's you like you want to really, like really dislike her you want to hate her yeah not even dislike her. And, I, I don't like her and and I, I think then, i do hate her but i yeah but then you in a, in a way, like, she's not well. Right, but, like, there's there was, there were two psychiatrists or psychologists, forensic psychologists, who came in and deemed her well enough to stand trial, competent to stand trial, and competent enough to waive her Miranda rights. So they, they say that she... Yeah, look. I mean, she's a black woman. Right, I know. I know, <laughs> I know how that works, but I'm saying that she her lack of remorse... And her willingness to share what had happened says a lot to me. Mm -hmm. I understand being unwell. Like, I, my mom mm -hmm. was paranoid schizophrenic. I mm -hmm. understand, mm -hmm. like, heavy mental illness and what it does and, mm -hmm. you know, how it makes you act. But there are points in time of clarity. And not one point that Michelle's been in front of a camera has she shown those signs of clarity. Like, she's so far gone that I think this has always been her normal. And the fact that everyone around her mm -hmm. is, like, Oh, well, she just loved on her kids and she used to hang her, their assignments on the wall and yada, yada, yada. I'm like, so y'all saw someone completely different or did you ascribe all these uh, traits of mental illness to her character and just make it seem like she's just obsessed and ridiculous and that's just who Michelle is? So it's just hard to gauge somebody based on what they say. At the end of the day, you have to go I'm, by yeah. You know a fruit, you know a tree by the fruit it bears. Right, right, right. So like I can't, I can't really decide. I can't even decide if any of this story is true. But the only thing we know that is true is that our facts that these kids were again brutalized really? and yeah. killed. And she has a history of doing. And this. she has a history of abuse. So those so, are the things that we do have evidence of. Right. So unfortunately after days of this she said she backed off a bit so she had come to herself a little bit at this point i mean sure right I, I, after this was two weeks right. of this this treatment and feeding him 
scarce amounts of food. Right. So she would claim that she he had lost a little bit of weight, but she wasn't starving him, and that her younger son, who's the alleged victim, was saying, "Ma, you shouldn't even feed him because he stole my food." Like things that a six year old, you know, like. Mm-hmm. I've never met. I mean, I was a, I was a vengeful six year old. I was vindictive <laughs> as hell, but I was never to this point. Because like when you watch your siblings ever get, watch your siblings get a whooping or something, I don't know if that's a your life or your your. My sibling never got a whooping. Well, oops, sorry that you're. That was that was me. Sorry, you're the devil child. <laughs> yeah, I am. But like when I was a kid, like when I watched one of my siblings or my cousins get in trouble, and I would laugh, they would turn to me and say, like, "You want some too?" I'm like, "No, I'm good." <laughs> like there is a point like where like you egg, you don't egg on punishment like it's right, right. like there's something there's a loyalty when you have a sibling or a cousin that you don't have to your parent you know what right, I'm saying right right that, like if it, like a lot of it's people us go, against you. right would go out of their way to protect their like yeah. you, that's why when who did this you both would stay silent right because I'm not gonna tell on you you're not gonna tell on me right. like it's one of the, so this is it's insane that a kid would be this vengeful mm-hmm. especially being kids dealing with that abuse you would be afraid of your abuser like this is overkill this would be like the overkill you hear about when people rage kill right. but it's not the younger brother doing this it's the mom so it's there's a lot involved here you know what I I'm not clear about I'm not clear if um the youngest one was abused he was was he yeah. They said it? Yeah, in, re- in the yeah, articles there's it's noted. Yeah. Even when after everything Cuz I think DCF came for the girls. No, after she was arrested, mm-hmm. there are marks, there are there scars was... and burns from curling irons and clothing so there's, irons. I mean, there's on both So she was protecting him from abusers only to abuse. That's why I'm saying yeah, it's, to... and after finding no evidence of the sexual violence, like there's there's nothing about this that makes sense except right. the fact that she killed these kids. Right. So after taking her taking time, she says that she went to go check on Stephen because now she's concerned. Uh, she says she entered his room one day and found that he had vomited several times. So she had brought him to the bathroom and he said he could barely stand and had a very faint heartbeat. She says that Stephen normally had a really strong heartbeat. It means she because was he was check- alive. Yeah, it means she was checking it too, which well, that's which, a, that's right. an abuser. Exactly, that's an abuser thing. So unfortunately, nine year old Stephen died August thirtieth, two thousand twelve. So that was the murder of her first child, and, and I, mother of the year. She's right. such trash. And this is this is the thing that that kills me about this is that she then said after Stephen dies, she says that she had spoken to her younger son, saying, "I've got to go away because I've killed somebody." And after she says, after my youngest pleaded that I didn't go, that's when she wrapped him up and put him in the freezer, and she decided to stay so she could be there for her younger son. You know, if you're going to make a decision to put your kid in the freezer because you're trash, at least pay your bills so people can't stumble upon them. But, th- but that's Ugh. a thing. And that's also why she, I'm 100% sure she wasn't at the apartment when the eviction was happening. Of course, yeah. She yeah. knew what they would find. Yeah. So I also want to point out, she's the same, again, this same badass judge, Dana Hathaway, uh, the Wayne County judge. Right. I don't know how she does this. I'm sure this is not the first child death case she's dealt with. But I hope so. I don't think I don't think it was her first, but right? Is that what you said? I just hope it is because this is gruesome. Like, well, it's it's large inner city. Like kids die from stray bullets. They die from neglect. They it's yeah, but this is like here in Connecticut. Like people, like kids in large cities die from these. I just figured it happens. Is all not I'm saying. to this extent though, but no, she not was... to not to the point they're brutalized to death. I'm saying that I'm sure she does. She's brought other parents, neglectful and abusive parents. Yeah, before. right, right. I'm not. I'm not condoning. We're either. only saying this because she was like 
stone face like kept right. her cool the whole time. So this is this is, this is either a level of professionalism or she that we've a never lot of seen, weed. or she or she smokes a lot of weed. I wouldn't know anything about that. Yeah, I think that's I, what I, I stay away from the green. I only drink the clear stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but she also says that the judge uh, Dana Hathaway asked, "Did she?" intend to kill steven like was that your point she goes no like i did not intentionally kill him she said but had i intentionally killed steven i'd be damn proud to say i did which again speaks to her state of mind during this time she's a hero in her own head like she's a hero and it's also important to point out (laughs) that before she said she told the same judge that before all this happened before she started abusing steven that she had called the police and asked the police what would happen if a brother was raping another brother? Would they take all the kids away or just the offender? And the police informed them that this would be a CPS case and they would, yes, take all the kids. So if they call, like, no one follows up on that. Like, if anyone says, hey, I'm just asking for a friend, like, that's your first sign that it might actually be them. Like, this, the Detroit Especially Police Department. Especially when we have two cases. I right, mean, I'm sure already they- open. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. So the police call, and you get this call from this woman who, I'm sure who's numb, she called from her landline or her mm-hmm. cell phone and saying, hey, right. my friend has a son who's raping his younger brother. What would happen? Like, you don't ask questions like, who is this person? We need to keep this kid safe. You just let them hang up the phone. So what happened is instead of having your kids taken away, you wanted to murder them? There's there's a whole there's there's, there's a lot there's so a lot much. that goes into some mental illness where you think you're doing people a favor by taking them away from the world and letting them the world have it's a it's a whole thing because I feel like she felt that if she had let them live even past all this that they would still have a life and she giving her own history of abuse or alleged history of abuse that's where I was gonna go with right it. she would feel like. They'd gotten away scot free. They have a chance to grow, right. prosper, and do things like while her. the younger, yeah, while the younger sibling would have to deal with this trauma unchecked mm-hmm. and untreated. So I think that there, there's a lot to unpack in this case that yes. we don't have the time to. Yeah, I, I don't know how because she's <laughs> such a head case. So Stony, Stony, so Stony, yeah. She was such a pretty girl. Stony was a was adorable. They both were beautiful young yeah. black babies. I didn't see and... so many pictures of Steven. It was pretty blurry, but Stony had like a few with her father. I saw the school pictures and stuff. Yeah, this beautiful black kids. Yeah. Who, oh man, just yeah. rest like rest in peace, leave right. in peace. These beautiful little babies. They didn't deserve. So the the same these the same accusations were kind of leveled against Stony right. by the younger sibling allegedly. Uh, she said that again. This is also these are these moments of clarity we have to talk about that right. Michelle kept finding. And yeah. this, she said that she took some time. She would walk around because she was confused before she started torturing Stony as well. Right. And I think there has to be something said about the relationship she had with Stony, because it took she got she got Stony to the point of death a lot quicker than she did Steven. Steven wasn't she, even intentional. Right. I don't think she likes Stoney. I think, there was, I think there was something there about Stoney that she or really Or Stoney's father. There's a lot of there's right. a lot of time. But it, it, we can't dad. say Stoney's father when the older daughter is like one of her favorites. Well the last one. It could be it's, yeah. there's something about having that that second one and maybe he didn't show up enough and maybe every maybe the father did something. Every time he looked she maybe she looks Stoney looks more like the dad than the maybe. oldest daughter. I don't know. But, or maybe uh, Stoney just liked her dad better. But her dad wasn't around. But there but is he, a picture of them together. 
Well, so every, I, but I think point. it was Stony. I think it was Stony's father who would who was no, it was Stephen's father who was in and out of prison. Yeah, one of them would stay with them every yeah, so often as Steven's well. Yeah, that was Stephen's father. Right. So there's pictures, but he was also he was also you know absent for yeah, yeah, long course. stretches of time. Right. But you would like your father too because your father wasn't beating you all and the burning time, you or burning and, you all right. the time. So Blair would go on and claim that the youngest sibling said that Stoney would, again, graphic guys, I apologize. Yeah, I'm sorry. Would it's ring out her menstrual pad into the young boy's mouth and then would sit on his face and force him to perform oral sex on her. Again. I do. <laughs> does a kid that young even know? Well, you, you guys would have to, we'll put show, we'll put links in the show notes as well. Cause it would say, she would say things, she would narrate for the younger sibling and right. she would say things like, Mommy, you know, it it was real stinky and mommy this happened and mommy this, like being very descriptive in a way right. that a six year old can't because six year olds don't have sexual vocabulary in this way. They just right. don't unless something else has happened to them, unless someone is informing them of this. Right. So usually and also usually when someone says I've been touched or something like that, there are steps you say who so you can keep them away from this person and you call the police. Like there are steps to these things that that Michelle just totally leaped and hurtled over to get to murder. So, and this is the other, this is the other thing that I, I just didn't really understand. She would say that, that every time the youngest sibling said another thing, she would continue to assault this person or go back and hit them yeah, and go back yeah, and hurt yeah. them with like a two by four and an extension cord. And, and then actually in this court proceeding, the judge had asked Michelle, like if she actually saw this sexual abuse, like, right. did you see this? Then she asked, did you allow the sexual abuse? Like things like, because mm-hmm. something this rampant, like you can't go this close and not see things Notice, like this happen, yeah. right? It's, but also, if you're putting just amount the same amount of scars, right? Um, she also accused Stony of beating up Stephen and raping Stephen and telling him not to say anything. So say anything, yeah. She said, "Well, I couldn't tell if she had been beating him up because I'd put a mini bruises on him too." And the judge, well, the judge had asked her, "Did you see this?" She asked also, "Did the only time Stony confess was when you were being physical with her?" And she said, well, at first she denied it, but once I started hitting her, then she started agreeing to it. And then followed that up with on, on another interview saying, well, if she didn't do it, why would she admit to it? Like, the obvious disconnect right. between torture so and... Yeah, you're torturing somebody. <laughs> yeah, like, Under, would yes make you stop? <laughs> right, not understanding how ineffective that is. Like, right. someone's going to tell you what you want to hear in hopes that the pain and the suffering would end. So there's all these things. And then she, when asked, like, why she would... She asked Stoney why she did this... She claims that Stoney said she did it because everyone thinks that the younger sibling is so cute. She apparently said that she hated the oldest and she hated the youngest. Like, she hated both of them. That's what um, Michelle said, Stoney said. So, I I don't, you know, it's so crazy this, how this, yeah. she really pins the siblings against each other. Like, it's every, it's everyone's fault but Michelle's. Michelle yeah. was doing it. She was someone's guardian angel, someone's saving right. grace. Angel of mercy, I'm saving my baby from these monsters. She even refer- she says in the court, I don't claim them as my kids. Those are demons. I've got two kids. Right. Stoney and Steven are not my kids. I just wonder why she picks those as her favorites. And this, see, this is also the thing. And I don't want to, I'm, no, I'm in no way, shape, or form a psychiatrist, a psychologist. I only know what I read in books over the course of college. Right. But understanding, there's, there's a thing, and I, there's a, there's a lot of, um, mental illness that I've dealt with in my family. Some, some on the heavy hitter side, some on the little lower end side of like depression and like light anxiety. But one of the f- terrible things is when people start having delusions and aren't being treated for those delusions, 
and are allowed to start believing those delusions. Right. So I know with schizophrenia, like, I'll be very transparent. Like, my brother deals with that. And once you start believing the things that aren't real are real, it gets harder to treat if you don't get them in as soon as possible. So maybe she just saw them. Maybe they were more combative than the other siblings. Maybe they are more, you know, resistant to order and authority. Maybe they were defiant. And she saw them as angry monsters and that she needed to kind of bring to heel. Maybe. And because no one was in inter- no, she like I don't understand black families without nosy aunts, nosy <laughs> grandmothers, right. nosy cousins that come around like, hey, I haven't seen my cousin in two years. Where the hell are they? Well, let's talk about how we need to stop in the black community. We could just might as well drop the bomb right here because we were talking about it. So let's keep it on the roll. Do you want to do you want to just let everyone know what ended up happening to Stony, where everything dropped? Because yeah, we need to wrap I mean, that up. And then I we mean, can, yeah. So, unfortunately, like this, uh, the, the, so, yeah, so, all of Stoney's, she did, all of Stoney's torture came to an end May 25th, 2013, when Blair says she strangled the girl with a t-shirt and put a plastic bag over her head until she was dead. She died nine months after her younger brother, Stephen. Right. Um, also to include that she beat this girl in the head. Over yes. and over and over. With a stick. With a or stick. Or a two-by-four. No, that was a two-by-four. A two-by-four. Over and over. The fact that Stoney even survived that. Right. To have to be strangled. There had to be a point where she had to be a vegetable. Like, you cannot take so many hits. Right. So, I mean, the, the, we, don't, we also don't know what state she was in when she was strangled. Right, we just, right. She was just breathing. Right. She was also being starved. She says that she gave her one bowl of oatmeal a day. Of oatmeal or vegetables, like yeah, I mean a monster. Like I want to like literally joke about her, but she's so disgusting. Like I want to be able to drag her because if it was anybody else, I would like. But it's just like you are so like this. Like I can't defend anybody who brutalizes, attacks, assaults, damages children. I just can't get behind it. And I can't. I can't. You can't justify. I understand if this had actually happened, like wanting to lash out because you it's it's something that you can't really wrap your head around but there are ways to do things right. and maybe it's, again maybe it's just a social worker in me who knows things that you can't do and things you can do but disgusting like monster like she's the actual demon that <sighs> so like uh steven stoney ended up in the freezer and on top of her brother and asked got the eldest daughter the, to help put the body in the freezer. Right. So, so talk about trauma. Right. Talk about, and not only that, but both these siblings were witnessing all this happen. Yeah. The two surviving siblings and saw this. And the oldest daughter was 17 at the time. So well, she... Was she 17 at the time? I think she was 17 she was, at the time of discovery. Because Stoney died in 2013. Okay, you're right. Right. So she would have discovered been like 14, 15, 15 still. Yeah. So this, this, these young kids who she's trying to protect are actually being damaged by her. Right, like, do you not right. think these kids need healing? These, th- these kids are going to need extensive therapy extensive. after these things. Not only are they witnessing their, their siblings being beaten and hurt to death, but they're also at the same time being beaten and bloodied and bruised. So I'm a legit like traumatized right now. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm in distress. I'm it's, such it's, distressed. Um, it's real life you know it's one thing when you're watching it and you're reading it but when you're talking about it it just it takes another form and then it makes you think as you're talking about it like what these kids had to go through 
and she's absolute trash. And if you guys, and he's going to put the link, if you guys see some of her mannerisms and how she's talking about how she's unapologetic for what she did, mm-hmm. it will make you dislike her. Right, it will like I'm trying to understand that she also has her own trauma, but it will make you dislike her as soon as you see these. Right, being being a victim of abuse doesn't absolve you of the things you do. Right, like yes, it it makes it makes it not understandable, but it, it makes us see a pattern. It lets people understand how you got to this point. Like a lot of healing that you didn't get to do, especially if you're re-traumatized and triggered because she says she had to see her her abuser. Every day. Every day. He was, she, it was a she, I think. I it, think was a, it was, it was a, a woman. woman. A woman was, was in and out of her house, was friends with her mom. Her mom and even yeah. after she told her mom, she said, well, it's done now. What am I supposed to do? Like, so she didn't have the best framework for parenting either. No. So there's a lot that goes into this. She but again, does go into how she feels like her mom did nothing and how in, unlike her mom, she's doing something, something right. about it. Or what she wished something. her mom would have done. If, right. Right. If her mom had done something. Right. So. Um, but let's talk. Let's go aftermath a little bit. <sighs> yeah, we can wrap it up, and then we can talk about <laughs> black folks in business. Right. Uh, so ultimately, on July seventeenth, two thousand fifteen, Michelle Blair was sentenced to life in prison for the murders of her two young children, and her surviving children were put in the care of relatives, and have since returned to school. And according to their caretakers are recovering the best way they can. The, not even the like, they're the courts are, yeah, the courts <laughs> are surprised about how much they've turned around. Right. Um the oldest is going and getting ready for uh, college actually. She That's right. she grad she did well in high school and then she is going to college and the youngest boy, I don't know where the oldest one, but the youngest boy was adopted by a family officially. Hmm. So I don't think it was in the family, but he was officially adopted. So uh, yeah, I think they you said they went around like he, great aunts. Yeah, yeah, they were with their great aunts and family for a while, and then eventually they were um, adopted. Actually, Michelle, um, Michelle, and subsequently all the fathers lost custody, but Michelle wanted the kids to stay with the great aunt, but that's not what happened. I think the eldest one may be pretty much on her own. I think that's what I'm guessing is the situation now. Well, I would, I would, I'm Maybe. venture to guess that if she, because if people don't understand how foster care works or emergency care works. Mm-hmm. Because when things like, usually something like this happens when you get put into like kinship care, which is what it's called when you're living with a family, family. member. It's usually an emergency. Someone has passed away. Someone's been arrested. Um, and usually they put you in kinship care and there's tends to be a stipend attached. Um, if you're not adopted, I don't know. I'm not exactly sure how it works in Michigan as far as Connecticut goes. If you're not adopted, mm-hmm. the state does yeah, yeah, take care of you, you until you age out. And if you're in school, that age out now, I think in Connecticut, it's 21 or 22. Yeah. In other states, it might be younger. Yeah. But they will pay for school. So she may not be necessarily on her own. Yeah, but you know But I mean, on her yeah, own on as, as terms of family. Right. I mean, how much would you trust your family when they disappeared forever while uh, you were being yeah. abused like this? Yeah. You know? But it's good to hear that the surviving kids are actually doing well. Right. That's, like that's the hard underline. Yeah. Like something and hopefully they can maintain hopefully they get there are they are getting the intense therapy needed yes. um but michelle i mean same I mean, old girl getting in trouble in, in jail prison. right can't like, get right she cannot get right um so she spends a lot of time in solitary i believe um she's thrown urine at people mm-hmm. she is just a mess she's attacked um 
guards and inmates yep, both. both um so i don't know if this is like purposely because you know what they do to people that hurt kids in jail yeah they especially hurt in the yeah, like you i'm like she's still alive like they've been a whole year and a half two years right, and she's still right. breathing she's still breathing so and it you wasn't know. like her case and it's not like her case wasn't heard of again like right especially in her area or, exactly unless I someone's mean, told someone about it like yo i heard michelle blair's in your lockup so i i'm like <laughs> 90 like that's why i'm saying sometimes with michelle i'm like you doing this on purpose are you saying this on purpose i feel like she's going crazy on purpose so they right. could keep her in solitary because that's the only way you're gonna stay alive i thought she was going for an insanity plea at first like when i saw the court proceedings i was like really like they but like she was like i want to plead guilty i'm waiving my right i'm waiving my miranda rights i'm waiving well, all this at like, first they wouldn't let her plead guilty i believe right. yeah at first they wouldn't let her plead guilty and then i guess at the end they decided to let her yeah, I mean, part part of it, like I, the criminal justice system is so fucked up, right? And a lot of people suffering from mental health and men, or suffering from mental illness fall through the cracks and end up in the CJ system, and that's usually when their mental illness is caught, uh, especially in high population areas like Detroit and Chicago. Um, I go as far as New York and LA as well, and Dallas. Uh, it always happens like that. They right. always fall into the CJ system, and then all of a sudden, everyone's like, "Wait, this person is suffering from bipolar disorder, or this person has some kind of personality disorder," and it's just not the right way to do it. So we could talk about how the system failed these kids. Like as social workers, we saw right it's, immediately. It's clear. It's clear. Like that, no one gave a damn. That's no all one that really was. cared. They said, "Oh, well, we don't have we don't have the workers to handle a caseload. Uh, the mom's apologetic. I can't. I don't. I don't remember if she did any classes." Or parenting classes. Nothing. They just gave. No, I don't think they, they gave her kid back. I don't think there was anything done. It it happened so quickly, and there was two investigations. Two. Two. Like in my own personal life, the we got one investigation, and it never went away. <laughs> like seriously, like I remember the first time they approached DCF, Child Protective Services Department, of Children Families. Usually, in most states, um, approached me in school when I was eight. Like I got called to the school social worker's office. Mm-hmm. And they just never went away after that. Like, I always saw a social worker came to my house. Like, their team came. My mom had to do parenting class. Like, all these things happened. Right. On one investigation. That's also to say that Connecticut also has one of, as as flawed as it is, also has one of the best foster care systems, if not the best foster care system right. in the country. Right. So, like, Detroit, I could understand if it's, if it's fucked. I mean, cause... not... Martin Luther King, just uh, just just Martin. Martin Stay, Luther. don't not Martin Luther King Boulevard, not a terrace, not a street, not a, street, not a, court, not a building, not a roundabout, not a statue. Not it's a funny. I was like, looking at my notes and I realized I had that written on my notes too. Martin Luther King, like this. that is just like, yeah. But I mean, I don't know. You know, the poverty level in Detroit is high. They probably yeah. don't have the money to pay the social workers, and here we are. Like here we are. Exactly. So they're like burns, bruises. That's it. Okay. And right. No was, broken bones. Right. No, that's, like, that's what they did. They're like, all right. It shouldn't take death. Right. It should never take death. And and there's a. See, are we, we going to talk about? Are we talking about what? I'm like on my edge to talk about. about black folks? I'm gonna. I want to read about, black folks. <sighs> black folk. Go ahead. Oh, let them have it. <laughs> Listen. Oh wait. Preface. <laughs> This is this is not a time for non-black people to come in and be able to critique black folks about anything. This is black folks talking to black folks. So, is so. it right? Right. You are not. You, turn off your radio if you're. Uh, no, you can I hear mean, this. You, this I is mean, this, but this is not but, like I mean, this but, is not your place to be to aid in the critique. We don't need an amen. We don't need a parrot. I mean, go ahead. I don't, <laughs> you had to preference that because people. Right. Anyways, so I just want to 
call out people that a ignore mental illness in their families because that happens number one a lot and ignore things that they should be reporting on because black folks don't bring their business out there black folks don't talk about things we keep stuff in our family all of that narrative has to stop the grandparents of um stony and the other's daughter saw the burns you saw them saw them Okay, when baiting the girls, when the girls were in the shower. You guys were aware of what was going on. And, you know, when there's a video of the father of Stoney crying, I was like, you should be more than crying. Yes, it's your fault. Like, the, you know, like, it is your fault because you knew that what was going on. You knew why she was keeping you away from your kids, even though if you really wanted your kids, there, there are, ways are ways to, get to go about it. I mean, I understand you owe back child support, but there are ways to go and say, hey, I, even if you said, hey, I've been reaching out to try to reach to get in touch with my kid. I need to be able to see my kid. I've been trying to support my kid. I've been trying to give clothes, food, book bags, school supplies. You can if you bullshit it, you could lie your way to a court to force Michelle to let you see your kids. Right. And you just didn't do it because you don't give a damn. And then you're crying and you're saying you're going to sue the county for like not he's I apparently there was this lawsuit that he was trying to yeah, sue the county. Like what? Where like, were you? Where were so you're trying to get caught You try to neg- cash out? Right. It's only gonna bring you even because of all that damn <laughs> you, child support you owe. Right? Up. Right. You ain't gonna see nothing but a dime, so stop your shit crying on jail TV. bars. So right. like, what, like there's nothing in it for you. It's so insane. But I'll I'll piggyback off that mm-hmm. and say that as black folks, we have a bad habit. Of wanting to mind our business because we don't want to interrupt our own lives. And we don't want to do anything that's going to keep us from either providing and protecting our own families. And I get that. But there's a there's a line I, I told you off, Mike, that my fight or flight is always rigged towards fight. Like, constantly. It's just it's the environment I grew up in. Right. So it's very rare that something's going to go down and I'm going to be like, well, not me. It's going to be like, so who wants static because I'm already here? What's up? Mm-hmm. Like, so when I see things like that, I could not be able to ignore... Because you know these kids were crying out in pain. You know these kids were wailing. You know they were sad. You know, you knew these things were happening. You heard the noises. These walls, it's Martin Luther King apartments. These walls ain't that thick. They echo. Right. Like, you can hear these things, and you chose to do nothing. You you realize, oh, me, I love it. I love the, I love Stoney. I love Steven. I used to go in their house. So if you weren't, haven't been in their house, and you'd only seen Stoney through a window, we need to start being proactive. I grew up in a town, like... I grew up in a time where I grew up in the projects. I'm sure it looks something like the Martin Luther King apartments in Detroit, Michigan. <laughs> and there is not a place I can go where someone didn't know my mom, didn't know my grandmother, didn't know my uncles, didn't know my cousins, didn't know my brother or my sister. I walked out. They'd say, good morning, Sharna. I'd be like, good morning, Miss Betty. Good morning, Miss Risa. Good morning, Miss Louie. Like, I'd be, I'd walked out and they would all know. And it didn't matter what happened. Somebody, if I did something wrong, somebody was telling my mama or someone was telling my, someone was on the phone immediately. Right. And they'd snatch me up and pop me for doing it. Right. Like, it was, there's something like that. And we've gotten away from that because we've gotten very selfish as a people, I would oh, say. Oh, absolutely. So, in every aspect. Right. The so, sense of community is gone. It's and gone. we need to bring it back. We're not looking out for each other. And that's not the way we should be doing it. Because, I mean, I couldn't, well, I wasn't allowed to leave the street. But if I took a step, onto the sidewalk some are like hey where are you supposed to be right now I'm like right now on the sidewalk let me take my ass back on here like there's there's a sense of community people gave a damn and there's still a lot of minority other minorities outside of black folk that still do it right that's the that's, that's norm so there, i mean there's that's again that's a this is a, one of those like socio-economic political conversations but to have like on our, our shows. background so right but, yeah, <laughs> but we it's hard not to bring it up but you're right. absolutely right like we need there needs to be better sense of community we need to give a damn a little bit more when you see something like the fucking cliche says say something like really like even if you don't there there are ways 
to tip anonymously to the police or to child protective services and open a complaint against like someone like this. So if you're witness to abuse, if you suspect a child is being abused, if you see scars, if you see burns, if you see a kid is jittery or flinchy or jumpy more than so than normal, ask questions, ask if they're okay, ask the parent what's going on. You're a grown ass person. Why not be, why not be, see, I couldn't do it because I work with foster kids all the time. So like, if I saw something like that, I'm brolic from the jump. Right. I'm in your face. So I'm going to let you know right now that I saw bruises all over so-and-so's body. Was that you? Mm-hmm. Because I've already called the police. So was that you? Because we could square up. You could fight me. Like, fight someone who could fight back. You know, like, I'm Chanel, that person. Chanel is really tall and a big black guy. And <laughs> so I will not fight you, but I will call somebody as well. But I'm, but I'm also one of those. I'm just one of those people <laughs> who are like, if you're going to put your hands on someone, put your hands on me and see how that works for you. Like, that. that's how I go. But I mean, you got the stature. You got I'm, the I'm, stature, I'm, too. I got, I got that dog in me. Arf, arf. Like... <laughs> But I'm just really protective. Like, kids are so precious. And I, I give a damn because kids don't ask to be here. They're the, and I went through all this. Like, I went, I came from an abusive background. I came through foster care. Like, right. that's my life. So when I see people ignore things going on because it doesn't affect them, or, like, if I just make, it's not going to, and then get on camera. And even Michelle, who I can't stand, I hate, made the point, like, oh, so you're going to come here and put on a show for the news? But you didn't right, call, right, you didn't ask. To, right, to like, the you didn't father, yeah. This is true. So, like, don't cry. Don't give me crocodile tears now outside of an apartment. I mean, because... moments of clarity, right? Exactly. Hmm. These these brief moments that she, right. that she seemed, you know, uh, what's she came, seemed, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, because let's see, I'm, I'm losing it. Clarification <laughs> alert. Um, no, yeah. Just, yeah. Coherent. There coherent, you go. Well, she yeah. seemed really coherent. And she's like, well, you didn't do this. You didn't do that. And that's I was I'm, like, I'm oh, so. So you're aware. So you know. So did your kid really rape the other kid? <laughs> yeah. So we got That's Michelle Blair. Right. <laughs> so we Michelle, felt a lot. <laughs> right. A lot. Right. That was a lot. Welcome to the first episode, you guys. And this is really who I'm we are. I'm going to end it on saying, Michelle, what you did was murder your kid. What you did was really heinous and shittiest and the you deserve a spot in hell. I'm just gonna say it. So that's what you did. I don't think she, she already has one. I mean, reserved, right? And assume, highlighted, right? With just arrows pointing to everything. Remember those big cartoon arrows they used to have in all the animated shows back in the day, pointing, flashing. That's what Michelle has, right? So as soon as you go, girl, quick plummet, gasoline draws. I hope you light up on the way down. I'm not even. I'm not even sorry about it. Whatever. With Windex in your mouth. What? Like, oh my god! Like, I don't. There are tons of people on this earth I dislike. And as much as I dislike Michelle Blair, those are things I would never do to her, you know, in response to what I've read and what I've heard. Like, I'm I'm saying, like, you deserve punishment, but I would never, like, I mean, beat you and throw hot water I mean, on you and make you drink. Like, I don't think I could physically harm somebody to that extent. I mean, I know people who would. but like, You do? I, you don't? No. Well, my, sh- my shooters come for free. So. <laughs> Bone appetite. I'll call you when I need you. No, so like I mean, I think I mean, like I said, I grew up in the projects. My mom, my mom was pretty much a gangster, but it's just one of those things where it's like I just wouldn't do those things. Right. Like I'm just too human for that. Right. I'm too I'm too like grounded to to get that far in my head that I can't control myself. Like I I'm I fight people. But never to the point where I'm like, I need to deconstruct you as a human being and break you down and end your life. Like, that's not my place. Right. Like, the only time I think I could kill someone is if they were trying to kill me. Like, it was the last thing I had to do. Right. Like, it just would never be my my go-to. But, yeah, again, that's Michelle Blair. What you did was dirty. 
What you did was horrible. Was gross. Horrible. Again, despicable. Disgusting. Reprehensible. Like, all these terrible, like, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Now I'm like, I, do, I need a drink as well after right. this episode. Right, right. It's heavy. So no more child abuse cases for a while. Yeah. Like, yeah. No, right? No, I'm, I'm in agreement. <laughs> I'm glad we did this first. So episode 25 will be. Yeah, yeah. We'll see you at episode 25 with another child case. Right. Like, we'll no stick more, to no adults. More, this is too much. No more child deaths for a while. God, and that's so, at least not so brutal. It's a, like, I'm going to go watch Steven Universe and cleanse my palate. Is that, is that what you're going to do? Because yes. I was going to go Stranger Things, but that's really, those are traumatized <laughs> kids as well. <laughs> That's I not, can't wait. That's not helpful. I was like, it's either going to be Stranger Things. And I, I think that's the only show I've been trying to watch right now. But those kids have been traumatized. For real. Those kids have been, oh my God. Poor, poor Will. Can we, I'm not going to get into it. That's, yeah. a, that's for what about your friends. <laughs> but speaking of our other shows and social media and whatnot. So D, where can people find you I on the interwebs? On the interwebs. You can find me on my Instagram and Twitter under D underscore light for, I think that's her, or D. <laughs> let me look at my stuff i change she's, it I she's, change. she's new to the to the social media you, he put me on he made me social and i'm not even for it but yeah um it's d underscore light four you could find me on twitter and instagram um you could also hear me every wednesday on um unspoken citizen podcast with my co-host liz we talk about politics news entertainment we make you laugh we keep it light and funny but we also curse out um the political situation now as we should right so if you guys want to find me on social media you can find me in three places it's twitter instagram and on snapchat it's all one name it's at charnel b it's c-h-a-r-n-e-i-l-b that's for the people who can't read the show notes um <laughs> you can also find me every tuesday on my podcast what about your friends uh, i love it it's really we just talk about politics we talk about pop culture current events social justice uh everything beyonce basketball through the lens of queer men of color it's a lot of fun i think it is we're on apple podcast soundcloud we're on stitcher check us out that's really all i have for me um, right. um just uh by the way so we're gonna be coming with you on like to you bi-weekly I'll bi-weekly and we're gonna drop on mondays yes every every other monday so don't fret when you'll see us we'll be right. back and don't, don't like just don't don't lose it don't lose it just we're keep, coming keep your minds clear and keep your hands clean this takes research <laughs> we have to cleanse our palate and then we come back come back we laugh a little bit uh, i hope you guys enjoy this this is a lot of fun i'm so yes, glad we was. actually got this so on record like we've got this on <laughs> on a disc somewhere right god so i have nothing else to say i'm all worked up and all probably need to go de-stress again yes. wine right. so really until the next time we see you guys i don't know like I said, keep your hands clean right. <laughs> and think about what you do before you do it yes <laughs> Bye.